by downloading or listening to this podcast. You are agreeing to Moody's legal terms and conditions found at moody's.com slash disclaimer, including that the information provided is not investment or financial advice, and that Moody's will not be liable for losses arising from your use of the information. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Moody's Talks Inside Emerging Markets, the podcast that sheds light on the complex credit dynamics taking place across the emerging market universe. I'm your host, Rahul Ghosh, from Moody's Credit Strategy and Research Team in London. As we head into the final months of the year, emerging market governments find themselves in a tough bind. Containing the coronavirus has proven difficult, and many large economies from Brazil through to India are still grappling with the first wave of the pandemic. But at the same time, governments do recognise that short-term spending to limit the economic fallout will leave a longer-term legacy of higher budget deficits and debt burdens. And as we'll explore today, the path back to fiscal repair is likely to be long and bumpy. Coming up on today's show... Emerging market governments have struggled to generate revenues this year, both from weakness in income and consumption taxes and declines in commodity windfalls. Can policymakers reverse revenue losses next year? And can they also implement fiscal reform to boost revenue generation capacity over the medium term? We ask these questions and more a little later on. We expect EM governments will lose around 2% of GDP on average, and that is compared to their level in 2019. First, it is much more than for advanced economies, where the loss will be around 1% of GDP. Uh, And this is also more than what they recorded in the last shock, so in the last global financial crisis. But first, earlier this month, the Indian government unveiled a second round of stimulus measures in a bid to counter the economic upheaval that we've seen in the country caused by the coronavirus. So to discuss whether the renewed fiscal push will be enough to kickstart the economy, I'm joined by Bill Foster from Moody's Sovereign Team in New York. Hi, Bill. Welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Raul. Thanks for having me. Bill, last time we spoke in April, the government had just announced a range of measures to contain and counter the effects of the coronavirus. Of course, six months on, we've seen a much uh, more severe downturn in economic activity, and we've continued to see uh, challenges in terms of containing the virus itself. And of course, the Modi administration is now once again seeking to provide fresh stimulus. So can you tell us a little bit more about this latest package? Absolutely. If you recall, the last package we discussed was about 1% of GDP. Um, Since then, we've seen a very significant contraction in economic activity. We're expecting uh, this fiscal year for growth to be below 10% in terms of the contraction. And that's you know, extremely significant hit to the economy. And this is a case where uh, it's the backdrop has been with the virus spreading throughout the country. And so as a result, the government has decided to take additional measures to try to support the economy through stimulus. This new package compared to the previous one is much smaller. It's about 0.2% of GDP. So that's relative to what's going to be a very significant contraction in GDP. So comparatively, it's, it is actually quite small. Certainly, when you look at what we've seen in other emerging markets, by comparison, at the BAA level, uh, we've seen a cumulative stimulus package of about 2.5% of GDP versus a cumulative 1.2% in India. Okay, so pr- pretty small, as you mentioned, Bill. But I wonder to what extent you think that additional spending, again, will you know, have a major negative impact on a already stretched fiscal position in India. 
Yeah, in short, it won't have much of an impact. Uh, the deficit that we're expecting this year at the general government level, which is the central government plus the states, is at about 12% of GDP. So when you consider this, 0.2% is, is not too much. Perhaps finally, beyond uh, this current wave of, uh, of stimulus measures uh, announced, India has also unveiled a series of agricultural and labour market reforms uh, just earlier in September. Could these measures actually carry greater economic significance for the country over the medium term? Over the medium term, yes. I mean, these are measures that we've been pointing to in the past as ones that could have a, a material impact on helping lift potential growth over the medium term. Um, the agricultural sector in India is very inefficient and low productivity for a variety of reasons, but it's, a, it's the biggest employer in all of India. So about 50% of employment is, is concentrated in that sector. And the labor market is, is quite rigid as well, uh, which reduces incentives uh, for employment at scale. These measures will are targeting those uh, those issues, uh, and if they're implemented effectively and they're adopted uh, at scale, that would potentially have a, a significant impact over the longer term. Just to give you a sense, in terms of the agricultural reforms, they're focused on enhancing productivity by removing the middleman in the supply chain uh, and allowing the the farmer to basically go direct to the market, which is not possible today. And on the labor front, there's a multitude of labor laws uh, that are quite complex. Uh, the effort here has been to try to streamline those. And in particular, there's one measure that was introduced to lift the ceiling by which uh, an employer needs to inform the government if they intend to lay off employers from what was 100 employees to 300. And that's important for being able to respond to the business cycle in cases where there's a domestic or, uh, or global economic downturn. And so potentially that could allow for uh, greater domestic and foreign investment in India to higher at scale, particularly in the areas of manufacturing. Okay, so some potential positive drivers for India's competitiveness over the coming years. Well, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us today, Bill. We'll continue to keep a close eye on developments in India over the coming weeks and months. So as we've just discussed, India's limited stimulus package really does reflect the hardening budget constraints that we're seeing across emerging economies globally. And while we frequently discussed higher spending needs and stimulus packages on the podcast, the other side of the fiscal equation is, of course, weaker government revenues. So for more on the impact of the coronavirus on EM government revenues, I'm pleased to be joined by Lucy Villa of Moody's Sovereign Team in Paris. Hi, Lucy. Thanks for joining us again and taking the time to speak with us on this topic. Hi, happy to be there. Okay, to kick things off, can you briefly outline the extent to which the coronavirus crisis has already impacted the credit quality of emerging market sovereigns today? Sure, so the, the shock has disproportionately affected this cohort when we compare to the rest of the world. These countries tend to be lowlier rated in the first place and so less resilient to shocks in general. Uh, this is because of several credit weaknesses, to cite a few, you know, ineffective policies in general, tighter liquidity, um, volatile uh, sources of revenue, uh, and in total, most of our downgrades through this year uh, have been concentrated on uh, emerging market and frontier market countries, something for negative outlooks. Mm, you touched upon volatile revenue sources. And of course, this year we've seen economic contractions pretty much across the board uh, in emerging markets and sharply lower commodity and oil prices, both of which have weighed heavily on fiscal receipts. So can you perhaps quantify your expectations of the impact of the pandemic on EM government revenue? 
we expect EM governments will lose around 2% of GDP uh, on average, and that is compared to their level in 2019. First, it is much more than for advanced economies, where uh, the, the loss will be around 1% of GDP. Uh, and this is also more than what they recorded in the last shock, so in the last global financial crisis. Of course, you know, within EM governments, you have all exporters, all importers, and they are differently affected. If we leave aside uh, the all exporters, where volatile revenue is really a structural feature of their credit profile, and you just look at EM, it's very clear here the trend that uh, this shock is um, the probably most severe shock we have in, in decades. Mm, you, you mentioned 2%. Uh, of GDP revenue loss on average, but perhaps you could share with us uh, some of the countries that in particular stand out. First, all exporters are again because of the correction in oil price. Uh, they are the obvious one. If, if we leave them aside, uh, the, the, then the second category, the most affected is tourism-reliant economies. So for instance, the Maldives, Barbados, Thailand. But even if we move aside from that category, we find a few non-tourism reliant, non-oil reliant that will be severely affected. One of them, South Africa, for instance, where um, the severe uh, loss in jobs, uh, the very sharp drop in confidence and pre-existing issues with raising taxes will compound and lead to a, a marked drop in, in revenues there. That's quite a broad category of countries, it really does speak to uh, the universal nature of the shock. But perhaps if we move beyond the initial impact, uh, in some ways the coronavirus crisis has underlined the importance of revenue generation for governments. And Lucy, I wonder why it's often a greater challenge to raise and collect taxes in emerging markets compared with advanced economy peers. And how do you typically reflect this in, in your credit assessments? Yeah, so usually the issue is really from non-compliance of tax so you know taxpayers not paying what they are supposed to uh, and it's always difficult to gauge the size of the cost of of this non-compliance but we believe this is the most binding constraint for for em that's something that we reflect in our rating assessment and our methodology under our assessment of fiscal policy effectiveness uh, so that's clearly something that we look at and if you take a step back and, and try to think of what are different factors beyond that, it's, it's a quite wide range of issues like the quality of the tax administration, the size of the informal economies, all the complexity of, of tax policies. Perhaps finally, Lucy, a number of emerging market governments are actively seeking to raise their revenue generating capacity in response uh, to some of the challenges that you've just laid out. Do you expect such efforts to be successful in 2021 and beyond? Uh, challenging. Um, you know, when we look at the past, uh, probably the you know, best way to think about the future is to look at the past. We find only a, a small number of sovereigns that have been successful. And of course, you know, this policy focus is not new. Uh, governments have tried in the past to raise uh, more uh, tax revenues. Uh, so the, the short response is no, there are no specific countries where we expect a, a very a marked increase over the medium term in, in, in the revenue of the GDP. Even though, you know, we know a few countries have shown some success and so they may continue so, like for instance, countries 
but in general, no. Okay, well, thank you so much for joining us today, Lucy. It's been a fascinating conversation, and I'm sure that fiscal challenges and the path to fiscal repair will remain a key theme uh, on the podcast over the coming months and quarters. For those interested in learning more about this topic, Lucy and her colleagues will be hosting a webinar on our Emerging Markets in Focus digital channel on October 28th, the same day this podcast drops, so you can sign up to hear the session live or to access the on-demand replay. This has been Moody's Talks Inside Emerging Markets. And don't forget, if you've enjoyed today's show and you'd like to hear more of Moody's insights and analyses, you can check out our brand new podcast hub at about.moody's.io forward slash podcast. So until next time, thanks for joining us.